Hello and thank you for joining us today at Distracted by Life. Our podcast is all about making change within yourself and your relationships. We share conversations, stories, and explore ideas coming from our lifelong journey of the high points and especially the low points where we learn to face our fears or cope with pain, loss, and failure. We do this in a discovery quest to establish patterns around our past and understanding whether we are tripping up from our past or being held hostage by it. We work on identifying ways to move forward, aligning our core values, and unlocking the keys to self-awareness, self-acceptance, self-compassion, and letting go of what is not serving you positively in life. A better you is always there, ready to explore in a new world. So let's begin. Gail Gazelle, MD and physician coach, tells us, when you say yes to something, you're always saying no to something else. In times of change and uncertainty, it's critical that we practice advocating for our own needs, setting firm personal boundaries, and learning to say no when we need to. In today's podcast, Amal will share her own personal learnings and growth in this area. Hi, Amal, and welcome. Hi, Dan. Glad to be here with you and our listeners discussing a very popular topic, setting healthy boundaries, what that look like and how we can keep ourselves in check. Let me start by saying that I have learned through my own personal journey of growth that protecting and advocating for ourselves is an example of what Kristen Neff calls fierce self-compassion. This fierceness, what Neff refers to as the yang, must be accompanied by a warm, loving, and connected present with ourselves, the yang, as it means being with ourselves that enable us to authentically connect with our needs in the first place. With that said, if we prioritize our own needs and goals, assert these needs regularly, it's an excellent actually strategy or a way that we can use to give more effectively to others. Author Scott Barry Kaufman developed a healthy selfishness scale and found that healthy selfishness is actually correlated with several indicators of, of growth and um, healthy, healthy self-esteem, life satisfaction, authentic pride in one's work, and also apparently those who score higher in the healthy selfishness scale were more likely to care about others and report more growth-oriented motivations for helping others. Well, that's interesting. What, uh, what does this healthy selfishness scale look like? It feels like this. The main reason I help others is actually my desire for personal growth. And I like helping others because it genuinely makes me feel good to help others to grow as well. It gives me that good feelings that others is, you know, I'm helping in their growth journey. Consider some of these points that are actually adapted from the healthy selfishness scale. Just to give you an idea, as I list some of them. Do you see yourself basically, as I list them here, just kind of check in with yourself and see if you, if you check, um, if you see yourself checking the box beside each one of them. I have a healthy boundaries. I have a lot of self-care. I have a healthy do- dose of self-respect and don't let people take advantage of me. I balance my own needs with the needs of others. 
I advocate for my own needs. I have a healthy form of selfishness. Basically, meditation, eating healthy, exercising, going for a walk. That does not hurt others. Even though I give a lot to others, I know when to recharge. I give permission to enjoy myself, even if it doesn't necessarily help others. So you're not feeling guilty, right? I take good care of myself. I prioritize my own personal projects over the demands of others. This one I actually struggle with a bit. It's, it's a working process, a progress, basically, for me. Think about it. How we can possibly give to others sustainably if we are not first ten- tending to our own needs? As we all heard the saying, put your oxygen mask on yourself before helping others, right? So you can give more of yourself if you don't tend to your need first. Your tank is empty. Beginning to think I'm, I'm starting to understand this. Um, so how long do we go about prioritizing our own needs and goals, saying no more effectively and setting healthy boundaries then with, with other people? Well, I have learned our, that in order to do this well, you require a healthy assertiveness, a healthy dose of uh, assertiveness, a social skill defined by open, honest, and respectful communication in which we express our needs and wants and and feelings directly while actually welcoming and, and even embracing the needs of others, including those with opposing views. So a couple of good points I'd like to draw attention here that I thought that really important is that we can all adapt a more assertive communication style by understanding the mindset of the healthy assertiveness, what the mindset of the healthy assertiveness look like. Second, my second point is that the mindset of a healthy assertiveness is to, is, is to operate under the assumption that others' needs are just as important as ours, obviously, but not necessarily more important than their own, and that everyone has something valuable to contribute. The third one is the goal of a healthy assertiveness is to maintain self-respect and respect others while foregoing the need to win all the time. It's not a I win and you lose kind of a mindset. Practicing healthy assertiveness involves recognizing our own worth and accepting that we can control our own behavior, not the behavior of others. The fifth one is if we want something, we have to ask for it. Doing so in a clear and straightforward manner because clear is always kind. The sixth one is when we say no in service of self-care, Kristen Neff advocates we model the important message that we are each responsible for our own well-being and we give others permission to do the same. I really like number six. When we say no in the service of self-care, as Kristen Neff advocates, we actually model the important message that we're responsible for our own well-being and we give others permission to do the same. This is really important. The last one, number seven, sometimes, especially when those of us who tend to say yes all the time, you know, because we're the people I have, we're the people pleaser, we, we, need, we need that a bit of space to weigh the value of the task. 
So setting a clear expectation of when we will get back to a person and putting a healthy amount of pressure on ourselves to make our decision in a timely manner. So we have to give ourselves that space before we're always our knee-jerk reaction of saying yes, yes, because we're the people pleaser. Here's an example of how healthy assertiveness actually sound like. So I'm going to share a couple here. I'm afraid I can't go out tonight. I'm giving myself some much-needed self-care time. For those of us who we, we might not know how we feel in the moment, and when someone is asking something of us, instead of defaulting to the setting to, of course, I will do it, or, you know, let's do that, no problem, we might want to try to employ, let me think about it strategy. That is like, let me think about it, or let me think over it, And I'll get back to you, let's say, by the end of the week. Did you know, actually, that the assertive style is one of the four primary communication styles? This probably going to sound familiar for some. And it actually, it includes passive, aggressive, passive, aggressive, and assertive. Each has its own characteristic behavior, nonverbal cues, beliefs, emotion, and goals. That actually does sound familiar. Care to share these characteristics you're referring to? Yeah, sure. Adapted from Randy Parsons, the assertiveness workbook, let's start with the passive style. The passive style, the behavior, they keep quiet, withhold feelings or wants, put themselves down, apologizes often. The body language that accompany the passive style is they make themselves small, they look down, hunch their shoulder, avoid eye contact, and speak softly. They believe others need are more important than, than, than theirs, and they are worthless. The emotions cues that come from the assertive, from, sorry, from the passive style is fear of rejection, helplessness, frustration, resentment, reduced self-respect. The goal that they have is avoid conflict, please others at the expense of their se- themselves and give others control over themselves. The second style, which is the passive aggressive, the behavior that accompany that style, failure to meet expectation of others by forgetting, being delayed, or other deniable means. The body language mimics exactly the passive style, which is make yourself sw- uh, small, look down, hunch your shoulders, avoid eye contact, speak softly, and so on. The belief they have is that you are entitled to get your own way despite the commitment to others. Their emotions are fear of rejection if you were more assertive, resentment of demands of others, and and fear of confrontation. Their goal is to get their own way without taking responsibility. The third, which is aggressive style, their characteristics and behavior They express feelings and wants as though other views are unreasonable. They dismiss, ignore, or insult the the needs of others. The body language of an aggressive style, they make themselves large and threatening. Eye contact is fixed and threatening. The voice is loud. Their belief that you, their needs are more important than others. You have, they have rights, you don't. Their emotions are usually angry or powerful, victorious when, when, when they win. So it's all about winning for them, the aggressive style. Later, they feel remorse, guilt, 
self hatred for for other for hurting others and their goal is always to win at the expense of others and gain control the last style the fourth one is the assertive style that's the the one we are hoping that more people learn to lean towards or practice basically they express their needs wants and feeling directly and honestly allow others to hold opposing views without dismissing them their body language of the assertive style relaxed posture frequent but not glaring eye contact so you're not intimidating the belief of the assertive style is that other needs are just as important as their own and everyone has something valuable to contribute their emotions they feel positive about themselves and the way they treat others and their goal is that for them and others to keep self respect express themselves without having to win all the time in the end when we recapping and uh, looking at the 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 four primary styles of the passive the passive aggressive the aggressive style and the assertive style my final thoughts for everyone is this to practice kind of take these steps think consider a situation or a relationship in your life which kind of you like to be more assertive with or basically less passive less passive aggressive or aggressive you just want to be assertive think across different areas of your life whether it's home work or social life whatever it may be where you feel like you perhaps you can actually practice to say no in the service of your own self care as we uh, as we mentioned and setting healthy boundary with someone or something that staking too much of your emotional spiritual or physical energy reflect on on your communication style and consider honestly where you fall under these four styles and in most domains of your life depending on your dominant style bring this situation or the person that you have in mind and kind of hold it there for a minute you may close your eyes you may even imagine you know picture the situation in your mind to bring it into a clear picture uh, focused hold this image in your mind and kind of b- begin to invite these settled presence to your mind and body take deep breath from your belly welcome that sense of warm and calmness to kind of wash over you sit with yourself for a moment allowing yourself to explore and validate your needs in this situation fully and then come with one or two sentences that that would capture your need as directly as possible not rudely but just kind of come up with clear and direct sentence or a message to bring into your mind if you have to write it down feel free you know go ahead you know sometimes people need to write things down and ask yourself what is my goal how can i communicate clearly directly and concisely to this person or towards this situation set yourself up share actually this message or whatever you need to with the relevant people involved and practice it be sure that you include assertive respectful body language also i would say go out and set the boundaries so listen to you carefully to the respond and receive that you receive from that person when you share your message in in the manner that you we mentioned for you to practice make sure that you respect the opinion of other people when when they share be feedback with you without arguing or dismissing or recalling catch yourself if you find yourself actually going into the default style which whatever way in this manner hopefully 
more of the assertive one, but if not, then catch yourself when you notice that you're being whether passive, passive, aggressive, or aggressive. When you are met with resistance, which you will, take a deep breath and maintain your subtle body without compromising your own values and the need, your needs, or perhaps even consider revisiting the issue later if it was too much to continue the discussion. Because sometimes when we, when we want to change and we are about to change and we're in that personal journey, other people who are so used to us being a certain way and a certain t- style or getting a, always a, a yes from us, they're not going to be comfortable with the new you. Because the new you is showing up to be assertive, clear, and direct, but with respect and kindness. So they're not used to that. So you will meet resistance. That's where you have to keep yourself in check so you don't lose your values and you don't um, revert back to whatever style of the, the primary styles we discuss. And that way you can hold yourself in this boundary and keep your healthy boundaries still up without compromising yourself. Respect the boundary, and if the discussion was too hard, then yeah, you can re- you you might table it and revisit it later when the emotions are da- are not so high. Reflect on this experience, and ask yourself questions like you know that helps you. What did I do? How did it go? What if anything was particularly challenging? What went well in the situation? How did it feel to advocate directly for your own needs and wants while maintaining respect for the other person's goals or needs? What, if anything, I might do, let's say next time differently? How can I continue to maintain a healthy boundary, boundaries in this way? So try to reflect and question yourself with these things to help you walk through this experience to see what went, what went when, well, what can be done, how you can sustain these healthy boundaries, what can you do nec- next time better, and so on. I just want to say thank you for coming into this ride with me, and I hope that you find this podcast episode valuable to your growth journey. You make the journey worthwhile. Until next time, I wish you well and back to you then. Well, thanks, Amal, and thank you very much to everyone for joining us here at Distracted by Life. If you're interested to learn more, check out our other podcasts, of course, or hop online to Amal's website at amalcandido.com, where she talks about our coaching world covering life, leadership, and mindfulness, including links to popular podcasts and to our books as well. With that said, stay tuned for our next episode from Amal and myself. Thanks again, and talk to you soon. <music>